everybody and welcome to my podcast titled Adishola and Friends. It's been a while uh, since my last episode, but guess what? Mama is back and I'm excited for the guests that I'm going to be having joining me uh, across the board. So for today, I have the amazing Bolanle Balogun. Hey, Bolanle. Hey, Adishola. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So myself and Bolani go back, way back. I'm talking 27 years to be precise. So we went to the same secondary school, which is interesting, very interesting. Uh, but Bolani, we weren't friends, were we? We were just like, we'd see each other. We're just there. Hi. Yeah, we're in different classes. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's basically most of the, of the reason why. But I remember that you were just very geeky, super competitive, super hungry, always wanting to be first at everything. And um, I, I don't think that's changed. Roll on 27 years plus. That has not changed. You so are. So I hear from friends. <laughs> and that's why you got the nickname Bebeto, right? Yes. Because <laughs> you're just forward with everything. I like that. Yes. I like that. So we reconnected, um, I think it was last year to be precise. No, about uh, three years ago. Oh, wow. Three years ago. My bad. So we reconnected three years ago. Uh, we were added to this platform and um, you were in Nigeria at the time. You realized what yeah. I was doing. And here you are now having relocated yeah. from Nigeria to the UK, working as, drum roll, a senior business analyst. Bolani, I am so happy. I'm so, so happy because it's like one of mine, one of my own, my people, <laughs> my person. And um, I really want you to talk about your journey from when you were in Nigeria, yeah. how you knew you wanted to make that decision, and then we'll take it from yeah. there. Okay, thank you so much, Adishola. Thank you for this wonderful platform. So yes, I can remember back then in Nigeria then, um, it was more of an IT background that I actually have. And I'll be working as um, an IT manager, support role, all those um, funny areas, infrastructure for over 17 years. And um, I just felt that, okay, it was about time that I actually changed um, the, my current career then, you know, more of the IT uh, technical, um, you know, troubleshooting and the problem solving kind of thingy but i actually wanted to focus on the business acumen side of things itself and i think it was when i finished my second degree which was my mba that actually opened up my eyes and uh, more of like you know um i got more insight into the area of like helping businesses and their uh, um, existing processes and i realized that there was um, opportunities there and um, i was trying to go through, you know, do, uh, do more of my research in that area of business analysis. And I think that's when I stumbled on Shola about, um, you know, what's she currently doing with TriTech. And I was like, yes, um, I think I needed to um, gain more experience and then see how uh, how this, um, this BA can actually fit into what um, I kind of desire then in that um, particular career. And that's what led me to TriTech. And um, yes, very competitive. Yes, I can say that. I just love to acquire more experience, uh, more knowledge, and then try to see how I can fit into that new role itself. And mm -hmm. I realized that, yes, it was not a mistake that I actually made. It was one of the best decisions ever. And um, 
because of the fact that the processes here, the way they treat B in the UK was quite different from the way it was back in Nigeria, got me interested that, okay, I must see myself in the UK and also see myself working in that um, role itself because it's very interesting. I'm a very um, competitive person. I love taking so much challenges and that's what really motivates me. And that's why I applied for, for an, a third degree this time around. And that was an MSc in digital transformation. And that was like, okay, a combination of IT and business. It was a perfect thing for me. And um, you can imagine the wealth of um, um, knowledge I, I, I actually acquired in that um, degree itself, you know, and that I actually finished as well. And then I also completed my some of the projects I did with um, Tritech, and um, it was a wonderful experience, I must say. And um, before then, I remember preparing myself for um, the uh, for the role. Um, I did certifications. Yes, I had to work hard towards that, and also, you know, like Shola said, I'm very competitive. I had to yes keep myself very competitive as well by uh, doing additional certifications and i have about eight certifications in total that i actually oh, wow do. so that, wow. that's what actually you know that's where i am today because of uh, well shalatu has a bigger role in it as well <laughs> and i can i can't take her enough of that <laughs> very very quickly uh what would you say is the difference between a ba in nigeria and a ba here in the uk now that you've had that exposure there's a lot of differences, number one, uh, the, um, you know, one thing about um, the standard of um, things being done is way different from where I was actually coming from. Here in the BA, they actually practice BA itself. They follow these processes and then already um, UK is an advanced country, okay? And then Nigeria is just getting there. So there's no not much of um, digital transformation kinds of projects yet mm. in Nigeria. So that is why. But you see in um, in developed countries like in the UK and other um, Western countries, they're actually there and some that they actually practice every day. And that's why most times they see themselves a step ahead of other countries itself because they're actually practicing it. And then because of the fact that there are many entities or many businesses that actually want to remain competitive, it's, that was the whole idea of you know having BAs to be able to help to redesign most of these processes that they currently have that um, is really drawing them back. So yes, there's a lot of differences in the AB in UK and in Nigeria. Wow. Okay. So Ben, with that in mind, what advice would you give aspiring BAs who are currently in Nigeria back home and they want to transition into, you know, the wonderful role of a business analyst? What advice would you give them? Yeah, there's actually a lot in terms of um, following the latest trends, okay, technology-wise. Um, what kind of practices, methodologies are they currently adopting here in the UK compared to um, what back is being done yeah. back home? Yeah. So it's actually more of like predictive uh, methodology, like the waterfall itself, or, or that is actually back home. But here they actually do more of agile, apart from that, there's carbon and there's another one called safe. Okay, that's one of the mm -hmm. latest methodologies. And that's actually for complex agile um um, framework, you know, in a, in a yeah. very large organization itself. So yes, most of these are actually not being practiced in the country in Nigeria, um, then Nigeria. But it's all about doing more research, okay, and then preparing yourself because that's what I actually did. I had to read a lot about what is being done there, so it will be, um, it will be a challenge for me to adapt into the existing culture here itself, and that's what really helped me to blend. You know, when we actually speak, even I remember during my interview. Um, 
uh, days when I was being uh, interviewed by some companies, they actually told me that I was like, wow, that they actually regard me as a you know high caliber candidate. And that was actually a, a, a wonderful feedback that I actually took with, uh, with me. And okay. then I realized that, yes, I actually prepared extensively for that. So it's not just about preparing um, BAYs for the interviews, but also understand the culture here itself. Okay, what is required, you know? So it's actually more of not just the technical experience, but more of the practical experience as well that really matters. So you should be able mm. to showcase most of all these, um, you know, areas, even when you've been called for interviews here in the U.S. Fantastic. Thank you there, Bolani. So considering what your visa status was before you, you know, finally got your sponsorship visa, what were some of the challenges that you faced? Well, yes, no, because of the fact that I came in as a student then, there were a lot of restrictions. And obviously I couldn't get a full-time job, uh, sorry, a part-time job as a business analyst. So that in itself was a limitation, okay, based on my current visa status. And I realized that many um, organizations here actually require somebody that was even ready to resume immediately. But when it comes to finding out the immigration status, that becomes a challenge. So what I actually did was just being strategic, okay? Um, I actually stopped applying, despite the fact that I was being um, scouted by recruiters over this, um, you know, social media, like the LinkedIn itself and other, um, other social media platforms. But then I actually stopped deliberately because obviously I wasn't ready and obviously my status wasn't going to allow me. So I actually waited towards the end of my program and that was like maybe two months to the end of my program. And I strategically applied to about, I think 11 companies that I knew that could offer sponsorship and nine of them called me for interview. But the one I actually got right now was the one that I was, um, that I was really interested in based on the fact that it actually exposed me to the level of um, you know um, experience I actually wanted in terms of meeting with other clients, diverse sectors, working with diverse sectors, and stuff like that, and they were actually practicing that um, you know the normal um, methodology that you know that I, I remember learning from uh, Tritech then, mm-hmm. and uh, that really caught my attention as well. And because of the fact that uh, they actually liked me, you know they mentioned it. I went through about four stages of the interview. Wow. Then and then. I told them that, see, okay, I'm currently a student. Um, I'm about rounding up. I have two months left. Are you willing to wait? And then I remember the HR told me that, yes, well, that's from what we can see. And the fact that uh, the chief growth officer, the chief level officer really likes me. And then my perspective, then my uh, line manager will be reporting to me like that they actually have no choice. To them, it's an investment, you know, even if they have to pay this amount of money per year for my small social that they would actually go ahead and then you know give me that offer and that's what because i was open to them right from there i didn't want any problems of, um, yeah disappointment or surprises you know you know because mm-hmm. we had actually gone far in the uh, in the interview itself and um, that's how they brought in that idea that they would actually go ahead and then you know provide me with that sponsorship so that's how it actually happened and so then you, that's, must, you must have yeah. wowed them knowing you you wowed them <laughs> <laughs> with your charisma and everything else and they yeah. said you know what we're gonna wait for you we don't care we're waiting yeah for and they which actually fantastic, did which is yeah, really good yeah so you mentioned that you know you applied for 11 companies that were willing to sponsor how did you select those companies so what are some of the strategies that you use uh, for the sake of people listening that want to go down this route 
Okay, normally on the um, well on the UK Gov web website, they actually have um, the list of ESO sponsorship. Um, I mean, companies that could provide um, sponsorship. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I realized that the LinkedIn itself was one of the most um, the major platform that these companies actually go to to scout for um, you know all these uh, vacant uh, positions. You know, and they, that's where they actually advertise for those roles. And these companies, most majority of them are on that ESO list. So what I did was that when I was actually going through um, some of these vacancies, I had to go back to the spreadsheet to confirm if they were actually there in the list. So that's what I actually did to actually confirm if they were there. And then I applied, you know, because it was really time. Was me. I had no choice. I, you know, dedicated myself and my time for it anyways. So I actually mm-hmm. applied and that's how, you know, some of them, for the few ones that actually applied to was when they called me. So I couldn't even apply any further, you know, until I exhausted the ones that um, actually invited me over for the interview. So that's what I actually did, just to get the attention. Some of them were like, okay, based on the fact that it was distance-wise, I couldn't take that offer. And then mm-hmm. some of them were like, oh, that in fact, that then the other person, person it was actually two of us that were the best in that, blah, blah, blah. And the other one actually had experience in the healthcare sector. That was the only reason why they give that person over me, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You've it's gone awesome. for how many interviews today? How many interviews have you gone for? Hmm, Shola. <laughs> I have lost, okay. How many, I have, I have okay, I received about um, over 70 um, emails from recruiters. Wow. You know, that I didn't apply. They actually scattered, uh, <laughs> they searched for my details over LinkedIn and send mm-hmm. me emails and the interviews i can't I, I think i've lost count it should be about 40 something interviews wow okay so from every interview that you went for what were you learning about yourself oh man in fact it's actually increased my confidence level and obviously from there you know you actually learn even if they reject you at the end of the yeah. day um i take that as a positive feedback in the sense mm-hmm. that you know and um, that's what i actually learned and I, I know how to apply such in the next interview so it's actually increased my confidence level and also helped me with the cultural behavior you know of yeah. this country itself of what is required mm-hmm. and that's what really helped me along the way and you know i was gaining my confidence gradually i didn't lose hope you know it actually got me motivated instead i didn't lose mm-hmm. hope and i was actually delighted you know and looking forward to you know of other interviews because I, obviously i knew what to expect and what to do at the end of the day so yes, it's, it was really, really mind-blowing and very insightful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with each rejection, you've just got to, you yeah. know, brush your shoulders and keep it moving. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. work on yourself, but you know what? Didn't get it this time, but I know there's something bigger and yeah. better coming. And work on, on the feedback. So were you able to get feedback at all? Oh, yes, I did. I was able to get feedback, you know, because I just wanted to know what, um, what the issue was. Wrong. Yeah. 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 So Absolutely. I actually applied most of this feedback in my, you know, um, other interviews as well. Right. Okay. So you worked on a wonderful project in Tritech. Uh, would you like to tell us about this project, please? <laughs> Can I remember? <laughs> it was you actually better. my first time. <laughs> it was actually my first time of doing a project like that. It was an RPA-based project. RPA is a robotic processing automation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember then the project mandate was to um, work um, to help with the clients, um, you know, customer complaints and requests. It was, um, they, I think the client there was taking in so much um, 
voluminous requests from external customers and it's just to look for a way to automate that process to uh, you know you know just to help the operational um, efficiencies as well and also increase the customer experience and uh, yes I actually went you know that actually led me to read more about RPA which mm-hmm. though I had done in the past but I actually took extra time to go and <laughs> to read more about it itself and it was it was indeed insightful and because of that you know I remember putting that um that achievement in my CV then I remember very well and that's what got me this role today okay <laughs> so right well now in my current place of work I'm actually <laughs> preparing to sit for other certifications as well that's good prison because my company um currently acquired partnership with Blue Prison um, and other uh, UI parts is one of them and then um, AA so mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously I'm going to see myself sitting for the e- exam a- anytime from now though it is the company's at the company's expense anyway so to me I <laughs> I see that as a real opportunity and um, I'm so looking forward to that as well you know but I'm happy mm-hmm. that uh, I'm happy for Tritech so <laughs> for helping me with this as well in the initial stage so one thing that you mentioned was a four-stage interview. I mean, <laughs> I remember back in the day when I used to go for interviews. Maybe yeah. Four stages, but I feel like right now the majority mm-hmm. of the interviews are four or five stages. Could yeah. you quickly talk us through stage one up until stage four? Now the stage one itself, it's, um, the um, sometimes the recruiter, but in this stage it was um, the talent um, officer also for that particular company that actually called. You know, so just give me um, ask some questions. It was a brief discussion we had for like about ten minutes. So they just wanted to be sure that okay, I actually met um, that job role that it was advertised over the social media. And then okay, when he was convinced, he now put me for, for the second stage of interview. And that second stage was um, with the uh, chief um, growth officer, the senior project manager, and then the chief people officer. I think yeah. So that second one was, in fact, that was an hour. We had a discussion for an hour itself. And then um, they were actually pleased. In fact, um, I think it was only two days that I actually got the feedback when from the first um, guy that actually called me, the recruiter, no, sorry, the talent management, uh, in all these roles, I find HR person, let me put that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he actually called me that said, wow, that they actually, me that they, you know, I'm like really the talk of the blah 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 blah. So and that they were willing to put me forward for the third stage of the interview, which I actually did. So the third stage was with the person that I'll be working with. That will be my land manager, and they were like, well, he has the final say, and whatever I says will determine if I'll be, you know, suitable for that role itself. So I actually had an interview with the head of um, intelligence and automation. He actually liked me, and then. It will now move me forward again to the like the is it the they call them the executive team mm-hmm. okay where they actually have their ceo and stuff like that and uh, you know obviously as a lady they were like wow they saw my cv and they were like wow that's who is this lady they would like to meet with her so that's where i actually had the final stage and then the entire team was actually convinced that um i was suitable for right that particular fit. role yeah yeah Good. so I remember then the following day, my line manager, my current line manager was sending me text messages that, wow, good news. It's very possible that you soon receive your offer. So that's how it all happened. <laughs> that's so do you remember happened. some of the interview questions at all? Oh, yes. I 
remember then it was more or less like um you know um, i remember the job on itself it was a lot okay because yeah it's a senior pa role and also requires some level of consultancy Right. So it was more or less like um, I should explain some particular change management um, techniques that was actually applied in implementing a particular project. Okay. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a different thing. Um, it's, a, it's a different thing when you actually explain this digital change management technique. So what I did was, okay, um, I gave them an example of how I was able to implement a particular um, change management uh, um, process, you know, for a, a, a one particular company. So I explained the entire situation, okay? And then I was very, very specific. I went down to into the details of what I actually did, okay? It was one of the energy companies I actually worked with in Nigeria then. So it was, um, I just gave them my, what I did, my own goal itself. So they actually had an understanding, like an overview that yes, this lady actually knows what it takes to implement any particular chain management things. I remember one of them actually asked me to give them examples of the um, functionality requirements and the non-functional requirements, which I actually did. And another question was also to explain the gap analysis itself and what I actually did. You know, gap analysis, yes, it's about identifying what the existing process is. And I told them that I went further to explain the BPMN process. Okay, the, what I used to create um, the existing process to identify the bottlenecks and then the loopholes and then using it to be itself. So yes, so it was more like speaking in the BA terms. Mm-hmm. which they were so so happy about yeah so that's how it was so i guess what you were doing was um giving them so much information that yes. they were able to ask you certain questions you. because i know that technique and it works thank you, in fact you know me well i was very strategic <laughs> like, i was you know, you know i talk a lot you know now yeah yeah <laughs> so i was applying that strategy and it's really paid off <laughs> So before they ask you what is Agile, what is BPMN, and and everything else, you've thrown it in there. You've thrown it. <laughs> I just like giving because like UK that. they want experience. Explain the experience, not the definition of tech. So not I, theory. Yeah, I give them what they wanted. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. So, um, how has your experience been cultural-wise? You know, as a Nigerian national now working for a uk company how have you been able to adapt to the culture in particular that's a very good question you know um, i think initially even before coming down here permanently or you know before relocating down here you know mm-hmm. i've been coming to the uk like for holidays so yeah. at least i have have an idea of what their culture is like here compared to you know when you compare uk's culture to to the french culture there's a lot mm-hmm. of difference you know the yes. french they call them being hostile which i've seen my as well so the uk you know what to actually expect <laughs> when they are smiling at you you know and then when they are greeting you they can be so nice it's all about see they, they love interaction yeah they love they that and they love to see when you strike a conversation and you just laugh and chat over tea a cup of tea all this they don't take their cup of tea for granted you know those kind of, that's an example so mm-hmm. i had done my own personal research already of where i was coming to okay mm. and what to expect in an interview Yes, it's, mm-hmm. it's an handshake. It's going to be a firm handshake, for example, you know. And mm-hmm. how you present yourself officially in a way that you have to still look professional. And even when you are trying to be sarcastic at the same time, you know, that's up to them as well. But looking at them eyeball to eyeball, you know, smiling, letting them to see how confident, confident you really confident. are. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of, those are the kind of things that actually sell. And yes, I did a personal research on that. So it was not... Just to have, uh, reduce or avoid 
any form of culture shock. That was the whole idea of preparing myself to as well. So at least I know what to expect. I went mm-hmm. through YouTube to just see what the interviews are like. It was there I realized that the interview process here is very different from what you actually have in Nigeria. It's not about your de- number of degrees. Yes, I have no. about three degrees. It's not about that. It's no. about the level of experience you have, how many years you have, you know. And most times, sometimes the number of certifications that you actually sat for. So yes. So it's more or less like understanding that and then you know how to present yourself in all those ones. So that was just it. Yeah, you like you said, you're a good talker, so I'm sure you wowed them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I did. I, I know you did. I trust you, Bonani. I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, first few days or weeks on the job, talk us through what you've done so far. Wow, the first day was so you know warm and welcoming. You know, yeah, I was I was not really scared anyway. I was I was not I was not too nervous. You know, and uh, maybe because of the fact that. Uh, um, the life manager that I currently have is a very nice person, very open, you know. Um, he has no form of whatsoever, he's just very approachable. So mm-hmm. yes, the first day was more or less like putting me through, I had to go through the entire, you know, uh, um, logging onto all the systems, all their mm-hmm. systems, you know, and then reading the company policies. It was a whole lot, so obviously I had to dedicate a whole day towards that. And then afterwards, the second day was more or less like, okay, we had a, a kind of meeting. I had a one-on-one meeting with my line manager. That was on the first day anyway. So the second day was to, about the training itself. I started my RPA training in Blue Prison. Okay, and, and actually as a BA, it was very, very necessary for me to know that um, um, that um, tool. Okay, the RPA tool that is being used to design all these automated um, processes. So that's all I have that I have to also be part of it as well. And uh, I see that as a plus in terms of, um, you know, skills, technical skills. So that's what I'm currently doing right now. And then also redesigning some existing processes, which I'm currently doing as well for some uh, business entities. So, yeah, so that's what it's been like so far. No stress, <laughs> no stress so far, but um, I'm kind of enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, I know even if there was stress, you would handle it. I'm confident that you would anyway, Bolani. (laughs) (laughs) So um, lessons learned. So for candidates, you know, um, like yourself, obviously, before you got your job, what are some things you would like to share or any lessons learned? So for candidates currently in Tritech or maybe not not even in Tritech, they want to get their success story. You now have that exposure. What would you like to share with them? Any lessons um, lessons learned or anything at all? Well, just lessons, well, just um, make sure that whatever you have on your CV, you can actually defend it because hmm. they don't take it for granted okay they, they the reason why you're, you are being called for an interview is because of what you presented in your cv and you have to look that part you have to be prepared if you talk about yes if you identified and uh, a skill of maybe a presentation for example they might give you a case study for you to present so even if you are going to make any presentation just make sure that whatever you put on your slide is what you can discuss about Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're actually showcasing your presentation skills as well. You can put in the bullet points and then you explain. You're actually showing off with no, but you're not being too aggressive about it. You're not being too overly confident about it. And that's what they detest in most candidates. So just be yourself, be relaxed, you know. Let it be a free flow discussion because sometimes they will not, they will dive, they, they, they actually uh, divert and then take their attention away from technical questions and then they'll go straight to cultural. So what is your day like? So what do you 
normally do on a typical day. That's what they want to see from you. They want to see the other side because they know they've already sensed that you're actually good. Now let us see how maybe you how you might adapt to your current culture in the office. So what's your typical day like? What do you normally do? Just fill me in. That's what you know and how they want to know who you really are. So just be yourself and that's what I can say about that. Good. And what about those commonly on work experience where perhaps, you know, they're tired or they're demotivated or, you know, they're not sure if it's for them? Uh, what would you advise them? Don't give up at all. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And if you feel that, okay, maybe I'm not really getting the attention that you desire, then maybe you could just check and um, have somebody to help you look at your CV and then discuss okay maybe it's the way you have been presented that um it's not really the right way or should be the right way anyway remember you have to be competitive and whatever you actually have is your unique unique selling point so you need to find out from yourself that what is there that is actually unique that you think you can offer to this company to catch their attention okay so you can't yeah. copy somebody else's cv but you have to be yourself because that's where they will actually question you okay so whenever mm. you are being called for the interview and you have that, that opportunity Please show it off, but most importantly, don't give up. I too have also received a lot of rejection emails. Any email, I just scan through. I just see if I see any email that shows, however, I delete the email. Unfortunately. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I delete it straight away without. Like, it's not even another story, it's another negative story. Another story. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So just very, very quickly, um, name some of the tools or what methodology you're working on at present. Yes. Is it? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, what we are currently working on, we have our own process improvement documents that we currently have that the company has created. And that's what we are currently using in my office, okay, to um, for our, uh, most of our work, daily work in terms of the, our processes and stuff like that. But it's very similar to the Scrum infrastructure. Uh, sorry, to the Scrum framework, unfortunately. And thank God that I have that knowledge at the back of my mind. So it's very, very similar. So I would say, in my own opinion, that we are following that Scrum methodology, the Agile methodology, rather. So, yes, okay. that's what we are currently following and, and adopting. Okay, okay. And what happens, because sometimes, you know, when we look at confidence, um, a lot of candidates are scared because they're like, oh, we don't want to get things wrong. So have you had instances where, you know, maybe they've given you things to do and you're not sure? And how have you conquered that? Yes, for those things that you cannot do itself, you have to be seen. <laughs> you have, there's no army saying like, oh, sorry, I can't really. You have to be very honest about it rather than beating around the bush. And then you'll be digging yourself, <laughs> digging yourself the grave. So like I can't go any further. Simple, I, I, because you two at the same time you want to be you want to be confident. Wherever you're going to be working, but if you're not sure of any particular question, can you please can you elaborate? Or you know, there's sometimes they rephrase the question and that will make it a lot better. But if you can't, just confidently say it and own it without being aggressive, but mm -hmm. being um, humble about it at the same time. So yeah, it's very yeah. Okay, you can't know it all. We all learn in the process. Exactly. So in your current role, have you been given tasks where you're thinking, oh, oh goodness, what do I do? How do I do this? See, uh, that's, yeah. In fact, Shola, that's actually a very good question. If I'm giving, yeah, yeah, sometimes I'll be given a particular task. I won't go to that line manager. I do not know it. I have friends in the field, Shola, that I can okay. go to for help. Okay. Because mm -hmm. me too, I want to please them. That's what you know. You know, I don't want to be yeah. seen as somebody that, oh, 
oh this one's like a dead weight or something always asking no always because asking I'm questions learning. yeah yeah, yeah. and that's a ba one of the ba's uh, skill is to be a researcher i research mm-hmm. on it or i ask a fellow colleague or friend mm. in that field that yeah yeah so it's important to start building your network from now yes yes whenever you're stuck you can just phone a friend yes straight away yeah Yeah. and i like what you said as a business analyst you know you're you're doing research anyway yeah so i think it's okay to ask occasionally but i know that they would frown if you were constantly asking exactly and i and that hits the nail on the head do not Mm -hmm. apply for a job if you're not sure or you're not confident Mm -hmm. you know know your onions know everything about that job role before you apply for a job i think that's so important okay so um i think this has been an amazing session very very quickly before we wrap up where do you see business analysis in the next five years it's still there. It's still going to be number one. Trust me. <laughs> the why do you, why are you pushing us project managers aside? Excuse me? They are just there. <laughs> See, they are just there because people, sorry, they're PMs, but sorry. <laughs> PMs are still in the lead. We are the ones developing on and we'll just have a debate on this one of these days because I know you were very good with debates but anyway oh, I'm, I'll be so well yes. <laughs> you'll probably beat me anyway but yeah so where do you see business analysis in the next five years it's still there because see digital transformation is going nowhere it's going nowhere as long as there's still COVID there's still BA inshallah mm-hmm. unless there's a vaccine or BA mm-hmm. there's still the old, BA is not going anywhere yes PM has been there for a very long time but most times right now um, there are a lot of projects that's currently going on, you know, that's obviously mm, will still be there because, yes, you still have to maintain most of these new projects that are coming in. And, yeah, that's why it's in the BA. So always redesign the process all over and all over again. Remember, yeah. it's iterative, okay? So yeah. any change that comes in will need to be, will need to be implemented, okay, Improved. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Bolani, thank you so much. Uh, it's nice to hear about your journey from, you know, transition, relocating from Nigeria, and finally getting that sponsorship visa and getting a role as a senior BA. You have been amazing. You have been fantastic. And that is a wrap. Thank you, Bolani, for your time. Thank you, Shola, for having me. Thank you. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye.